Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, John Fuller here, and I am fired up for you that don't know this. We are going to be doing our very first conference in Amarillo, Texas, Sunday, July 28th, from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yes, I did say 1 to 10. It is going to be an enormous long day. So I want to give you the lineup. We're going to have Christy Austin. She's going to be speaking about kingdom transformation in the community. We have Bob Hassan, who also will be talking about people discovering how to honor can transform people's lives in their organizations. We're going to have Michael McIntyre from Dallas. He's helping people change mindsets and going to the next level in life. And then yours truly, I'm going to be releasing my very first, first, I said first, actually second book and how to speak God's words over your life and see radical transformation. And then here's the best part. Our friend Sean Bowles is going to be coming in and wrapping up the entire conference. So that being said, I'm going to hand it over to yours truly. Sean, take it away, my friend. I can't believe you said I'm the best part. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be talking about hearing God's voice for your, your world around you, especially business leaders, entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about hearing God's voice for real, for real, like we need to. Like you have to be a prophet if you're going to go in the marketplace. You have to hear from God. And so we're going to talk about, and when I say prophet, I don't mean in the weird, old, charismatic, Pentecostal way of saying, we have to be a friend of God to know what he wants. And he He planned and pre-planned all these industries and all these things, our whole city, our whole nation, way before we ever entered into it, way before we ever manifested. So how do we hear his original plan and bring alignment between what was in his original heart and what we see today? And so we're going to, we're going to talk about discerning his heart, knowing his heart, hearing his heart. And it's going to be revolutionary. It's going to be great. All right, Roar Nation. So check it out. Get on areyoureal.org. You can get on Eventbrite. It is the Kingdom Conference. Get your tickets. We're running some discounts. You get some of Sean's e-course. You get his book, my book. And uh, anyways, it's going to be a phenomenal time. So please get on there now. Get tickets while you can and have a blessed day. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hey, Roar Nation. Are you Fuller here, and I am fired up. So, in my humble opinion, the two biggest events in Texas this year are going to be two months back-to-back. We're going to be shooting in May 30th through June 1st is going to be the symposium. And then July 28th, we are going to have Kingdom Conference in Amarillo, Texas. So, that being said, I'm super excited to have Sean on and talk about the symposium. We're going to talk about the prophetic and all the goodness that happens with it. So, Sean, take it away, buddy. <laughs> hey, I'm so excited about both these events because one of them, we have uh, how do you hear God's voice for your industry, especially business, entertainment. Also, of course, the church, we we'll have a lot of ministry leaders there. But we have something happening every hour that's different. So there's like interviews, panel speakers, discussion times, and then main sessions. And so people have to pick their own breaks because it's just as, as, as many sessions as you want to go to. There's like 12 hours a day for two days, and there's the one night that starts the conference. And the people who are coming, I mean, I love the voices. John Bevere, who's one of my heroes, you know, Chris Bowleton, who's a businessman and a minister who's leading the school of ministry in Bethel and uh, church in Redding, California, but is such an entrepreneur, meets with politicians and entrepreneurs around the world, also leads Bethel's new tech company, which is amazing. 
And then we have um, uh, Cindy Jacobs, who's going to be interviewed and talking about what it's like, how she started out in the prophetic, what made her a prophet to the nations, and then some of the stories where she's met with more presidents than probably any other minister in our generation. Wow. You know, so we have we have this full lineup. Julian and Katia Adams, we're introducing them. They're from South Africa and England. And she's a physical physician, but she teaches on women in ministry and empowerment of that. And what what is women's voice in the current you know charismatic Pentecostal evangelical world? And she's writing a she's written a book on theology for women, and it's not just a girly topic. It's like a topic for men and women to actually empower the right thing that God originally intended. So you have all of these speakers coming together, and our end goal is that when people walk away from this event, that of course that intellectually they're going to have a new level of spiritual intelligence especially for the prophetic, but they're also going to be impacted by the atmosphere of the Turwolves with Jesus culture, Rick Pino band, you know, the Binions and upper room music. They're going to have these encounters to take the information and assimilate it spiritually. And I think it's going to be really important. So the goal of this isn't just to advertise a conference on your podcast. What I want to talk to you about is I think God's changing the narrative and the conversation over prophetic ministry, prophecy and prophets in our generation. And I think that we're starting to see how people who hear from God are, being led into a space like Daniel's and Joseph and Esther, they're being led into a place where there's influencers, where they're actually speaking God's original design that makes complicated things actually understood in our generation. So real quick, Sean, let's go into the old and new. So why don't, so give people a backdrop because for some people prophetic, just even when you say it, obviously it sounds weird, which it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you take the old as far as maybe current people's perspectives of what you've seen and where God's going with that and how it's changing culture and say business. Sure. So, you know, we, we have everything of the old Testament, which there's kind of a reflection of that in the last 30 years of prophetic ministry. A lot of people view, if you hear from God, it's going to be this disruptive voice that comes in like Charlton Heston or James Earl Jones. This is the voice of God. (laughs) You need to turn this way. And it's like, as a Christian, we should be anticipating the Holy Spirit lives inside us and he's going to nudge us, whether we're reading the Bible and we have a life application out of the scripture we have, which is that's that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. Or whether we're making a decision on on our, you know, where we're going to have our next business lunch or whatever, we, we, we could be nudged by God to be in the right place at the right time that he designed. He, it says in the Bible that he prepared us, he predestined us for good works, which means he had an original plan and desire for us. And the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal what's in the Father's heart. And so he's constantly with the voice within us. He's in our conscience. He's inside of our process. He's speaking to humanity. And I, I talk to people, especially business leaders all the time. They're like, I don't hear from God. I remember this one businessman recently. He's like, you know, Sean, I just don't hear from God. I've been a Christian my whole life. And he has amazing fruit. I said, well, tell me the last time that you did an act of love that was radically outside of your norm and it paid off big. And so well, I gave my son-in-law and daughter or my son and daughter-in-law the money for a down payment for a house out of his inheritance. I gave to him really right when they got married, because I felt like God, I really said, I felt like I, it would change something for them. It would help them. And the daughter was really, uh, in-law was really impressed because no one in her family was ever in the house. And the picture was, I said, so tell me what happened in their marriage right when they got married. So well, they got pregnant right away. She didn't want to have babies. All of a sudden she wanted to have a family. She's a gardener. She's, everything changed in her life and, for, and everything changed in her personality even just by owning that house. I said, so you think you were good enough to make that decision, that your strategy and giving us money early, which is not normal, was you. And he goes, well, no, I mean, I know God, it was serendipitous. God did it. I said, no, could you believe that the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of me nudged your conscience to do this? It's absolutely, actually, like, uh, I feel bad for thinking it was me. You know, that was God. Like, God is inside of me. He is doing this. 
I hear God that way a lot. And I said, so you do hear God a lot, but you're waiting for the disruptor external voice to interrupt your life versus you walk with God as a Christian and you know him. And so we're seeing, you know, I, I consult with business leaders, entertainment leaders all the time. And one of my jobs is to help them to identify what God's saying to them, not to speak to them as a prophet, but to, 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 to kind of commentate. Let's, let's listen together. Let's, let's look at what you've already heard and let's position it. So it has application and interpretation. So Sean, why don't you kind of get, I love that part of it because I really feel like is, is prophets when you can give a word, but you just gave a word and, and it can change somebody's life. But for me, yeah. if I can help somebody hear God's voice. Then I've changed the whole dynamic. It's like the difference between giving somebody a fish and teaching them how to fish. Right. Absolutely. So how do you do that? Say with like, when you're getting into the entertainment world or the business world, like how, what are the dynamics? What does that look like? You know, like uh, it, it could be as simple as I, I was with a A-list a- actress in an Asian nation, and uh, all of a sudden they invited me out of the conference. They said, "This person who's like the Jennifer Lopez of their country wants to meet with you." And so I sit down with her in her little celebrity van. It was quiet, just her bodyguard, her and her agent and interpreter. And um, and I said, "You know," I said, "What do you need?" And she said, "I need prayer because I don't know if God loves me. I don't love myself." And I said, "Well." I said, well, what do you want me to do? Like, just what, what, what's in your heart? Because I want you to tell me from God what he says. I said, well, that's not going to be as powerful as if you hear it. So let's pray together. Yeah. I want you to ask God a big question. Ask God, what do you think of me? And she goes, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear from him that way. <laughs> and I said, no, you do want to hear from him. It's going to change you. So she closed her eyes. And she's a Presbyterian, nominal faith. Not really, you know, she's known for some of the compromising kind of sexual seductive stuff. But at the same time, she's tried to stand her ground as a Christian in the best way she knew how. So she feels a little compromised. She feels she's going to be convicted in a bad way. But as she says, Holy Spirit, what do you think of me? Or God, what do you think of me? She hears for the first time in her life. She hears internally, I love you. And it was the softest voice. Yeah. And it was a real voice. And she couldn't have, I, if I gave it to her, she'd walk away and go, I don't know if I believe him. Right. And it was a simple word. I mean, it was like, it's just, I love you. I mean, the Bible says it, you know, but she heard it from God. She heard it from a father and it changed her whole life. Like that moment changed her life because she realized how many other times she'd heard that voice in her life? And she realized even before she was saved, she heard that voice. So she, she realized how good God was. And I think the goal is, if you're, if you're a prophet, one of the things prophets do, yeah, they hear from God for influencers, leaders, situations, you know, conflict, whatever. But they also release an atmosphere. Like, you know, Samuel trained thousands of prophets. There's over 2,000 prophets that are unnamed in the Old Testament, and they came from Samuel's schools for the most part. And he trained all these prophets, but part of his job was to create the atmosphere to where people could hear. And most of the prophets that were trained in Samuel and Elijah's school, according to Jewish tradition, had to have a full-time career. So they actually had to have a job and be uh, effective in their community before they were even accepted into school. So we think of prophets as people who are very priestly and they're just kind of wandering mystics and they just and they look from weird. conference to conference. And that's how it was modeled in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. A lot of these guys were just circuit writers who just preached in tent meetings. But the reality is the Old Testament scriptures of how prophets were birthed and the New Testament counterpart, how an, uh, prophets and apostles were in Antioch in the early church, is that they were effective in community over community situations. And Solomon and how he deliberated and had the counsel of God to be able to deliberate, deliberate where people would come and listen to how he would just share God's perspective on how to rule and reign. And he would, they would just come to his court, like people watch Judge Judy now. People would just go to his courtroom just to be entertained by the voice of God and how this wise man with jurisdiction. Well, that's how the prophets were in the New Testament. They had a gift of counsel and wisdom that helped the complicated things and the hard things to become uh, understood. 
Okay. So I knew, I know, I knew, I know some of, uh, you have lots of stories. I love stories because they're easy for people to remember. What's like another one recently where somebody heard God for the first time, separate from like the audible where you sat down, whether it was through, uh, I've had Brad McClendon talk about like smell or touch or different. I don't know if you have any things like that that comes to your mind. That's really fun because I think people need to realize like, it's not just audible. Yes. I, I talk about it all the time where it's not, we're looking for words. I'll say this first, which is, you know, my parents have been married for over almost 60 years, which is amazing. It's crazy. And awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm a very young man. So I have parents that are that old. Thanks you. But <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they cook a lot together in the kitchen when they cook, they don't need to use words on it. My dad needs to solve my mom just passes it. She can read him by nature and instinct. So the more you are, the longer you're with someone, the less words you need. You have inside jokes, inside understanding and intimacy develops language outside of words. Right. And with God, the longer we connect to him, the more we know him by nature and we're moved more. Like I love the, the bridled horse, you know, analogy, like someone who rides a horse for years, that horse doesn't need to be told where to go or how to go. It becomes instinct between the rider and the horse. Well, we're God's counterpart, and he wants us to know him that way. So when people are getting to learn how to hear God, they have to understand that God is coming through visual imagery, that God's transcending, bringing transcendence through music, through sound, through all these different things. It's not necessarily direct words. So a recent story was a friend of mine who um, he was married for a long time, and he his wife passed away, and he was praying about you know, his heart because he was very lonely. And all of a sudden a song that was their love song came on the radio. And he asked right before the song came on, he said, Lord, do I have permission to get remarried? And I don't know if this is okay. And the song that was the love song that him and his first wife fell in love to came on. And he had a distinct memory that God spoke through where he remembered her saying, I, I will love you until we die. But if, if I die before you, please get married again. I don't want you to be lonely. And he remembered it because of their song. So God came through a memory and a song and there's even scriptural presence for how God comes through music and through, through memories. Like that's one of the ways that God speaks, which is in my modern prophets book. So when you understand that, it's like, wow, God's so multifaceted. He's not just trying to direct us by language. He's trying to get to our heart and change the culture of who we are. Love that story, man. That's good. Okay. So let's talk about, um, I'm huge on, obviously, my book's about speaking prophetically over our lives. I love that. You, um, but you mentioned it previous, like God has good works for us and aligning ourselves up with what God has to say, the kingdom, which also translate past terms I've heard is, um, like changing atmosphere because we can change our atmosphere when we walk into stuff by speaking what God's doing. You get into kind of some of that. Yeah. You know, I think we're even wired neurologically. We're made of water. And, um, and if you, if you do one of the biological tests of, you know, on rice where you speak over one jar of rice. Uh, you speak good words, one jar of rice, you speak negative words, one jar of rice, you speak, you know, you, you neglect. And you see over a certain period of time, like seven days, what happens, the, the rice that you spoke good over, this is like all public schools in America do this. The rice that you spoke good words over, it's thriving and beautiful and white. The ones that you spoke bad words over, it gets corrupted, green and moldy. The ones that you neglect also color black. Yeah, this, you can do this at home. You can try I'm doing it. We're going to do and, it. We're going to post it. Yeah, my, my kids, public school, they do this because they're teaching you that we are neurologically wired for goodness. Yeah. And if you do bullying or, or if you do negative talk or negative self-talk, you're actually speaking over something and you're bringing limitations and caps on you. God made us this way and they gave us the word to declare. So we have the Bible to declare all of the good things of God, the good nature of God and declarations are the keys to, to Christian faith that a lot of Christians have lost 
the art of declaration. We think we should, you know, Paul prays these prayers of the church. There's, I forget how many 14 apostolic prayers where he prays over, over the church of Ephesians. I pray that, you know, Ephesians 1, 17, I pray that God would open, uh, give you a spirit of revelation to open your eyes to see Jesus with wisdom and revelation the way he's supposed to be seen. And he prays that over them. He's declaring it over them. And then they are supposed to declare that over themselves and partner to that. And I think, you know, the goal uh, of an event like we're doing with you in Texas and that you'll be at our event earlier, the month earlier, the goal is to, to provide an atmosphere where people start to look at what God is doing and themselves and the world around them and come to agreement with it. And sometimes because we're emotionally driven creatures, we actually have to remind ourselves and stay centered. And language is part of that. So learning how to make declarations or scriptural and prophetic over ourselves until we manifest them. And that's really important. Yes. Yeah. I, I just get excited about that because I mean, um, do you have a story? I mean, I could go on. I have tons. I put them in my book, but just like when you start to do that and you start to realize that, especially I'm, I'm just thinking of like, say somebody's listening to the show, they're a baby Christian. They don't even understand declarations or prophetic or anything, but just speaking over what God's saying over their life. Can you remember like an instance where you started doing that and like a situation radically changed? My favorite one um, that it's more recent is, um, and we have a book called Breakthrough. It's prophecies, prayers, and declarations of for breakthrough in your life. And um, and it, I needed breakthrough so bad at one point. We were in Los Angeles during the recession. There's a writer strike. We're planting a church. We had no finances. We had um, I had lost all my money. That's like many of us. You know, we I lost all my my real estate went south. The whole thing. And so um, that was. So I remember someone had given me a word that said God has a, a provision for every destiny he births. There's always a provision for every destiny. And, and they said there's provision for your destiny and you're going to live recession proof in God's economy, not your own. And I had already written a book called keys on its economy, but there was this place inside of me that I wasn't, I wasn't in fear, but I wasn't in full faith for everything God needed because I was living with the current market and the impact of that and the trauma of that. So I had to declare my way out of it. And I took scriptures like Deuteronomy 8, 18. I've given you, I, the word of God, I've given you the ability to produce well and resources. And I'm like, God, I don't have the ability without you. So I declare I have the ability through you to produce the resource that's needed for the destiny that you have so I can give you your reward. And I declared that every day until it became real in my heart. Because part of declaration is that you have to, you have to overcome some places of unbelief and significance and security. So there's a lot of inward work that happens on the self. It's self-talk. It's positive self-talk. Yeah. Then you start to come into revelation as well, where you start to see, like you declare it, and your creativity starts to imagine what it would look like to be fully resourced. You know, for that one, I start to see, oh my gosh, if, I remember Bill Johnson gave me a word. If you're going to impact Hollywood, because we do a lot in the entertainment industry, you're going to need a Hollywood budget to impact Hollywood. So I'm going to pray for a Hollywood budget. I remember about a year into declaring this, I was going, that word from Bill came back up and I was like, I have faith for that. I have faith that we're going to steward millions of dollars for the kingdom so we can create people and projects that would impact the whole world. And so, you know, I remember, you know, three or four months, I had three or four years into this declaring, I had, I had breakthrough that year and there was a lot of personal breakthrough, but I think it was three years after we had our first major corporate breakthrough. A lot of it wasn't direct finances, but it was resources that like yeah. we had creativity. Like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I mean, so many creative ideas and creative ingenuity. We had buildings that were provided for all of our meetings, like that were creative building solutions, you know? So, and God spoke to me and said, I'm actually not giving you resource first. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, answering your declaration of your prayers with a spirit of creativity before I give you money because money, you'll just use it to solve problems. But I want you to learn how to solve problems out of creativity and relationship. 
And it was Ooh. so profound. So when you walk in decoration, you learn who you are and who God is in your life. Man, that gets me excited. Okay, so let's back up a little bit into that. So talk about like even bringing you people because I know behind the scenes, like for people like you and I, we have great people behind us. Yeah. And even in business, um, like for my construction company, the way God has just brought resources and people like for you, sometimes people think just finances or like you said, creativity came first. But did you start to see like um, points of contact where God was bringing you like key people that you needed to further that like next step all of a sudden like they just show up oh it's wild like when we started our business i remember we i had this impression to hire who you know jeremy who works for me yeah. to hire him I, I i knew it was a downgrade but i said jeremy for my ministry can you work as my personal assistant i only need five to ten hours a week i was a pastor at the time and i said we're going to start our own business soon and we're also going to start a ministry outside of our church would you consider working towards that with us and he was already working a full-time job for an autistic foundation. And he's just brilliant. And he said, you know what? I want to do this. Like, I'm so excited about this. And he did it. And there's no reason for him to do it because it was like a massive downgrade of pay. And then it was like not really significant. It's not like it's not going to bring him that much significance to do it. But he had a vision of what we were supposed to become. And Jeremy is worth, you know, like if we could have either made a few million dollars or had a Jeremy, I'd want a Jeremy first. Because Jeremy is a strategist, a project manager, a driver. And we have several types of people like that who God's brought along the way to be, they, they end up being loyal and friends and they train you. Like I feel like Jeremy is our COO and he manages us as much as we manage him. Like he helps us to think about projects. I remember our publisher saying, you're going to oversaturate if you release these three projects a couple of years ago in the same year. And Jeremy said, no, there's actually enough room for your voice. And he had discernment. He said, this is why, they're different types of markets. And he helped us to come into, as a, as a published author, he helped us to come into three different waves of projects in one year, which would have been unreasonable if we didn't have a greater vision that Jeremy helped to direct. And so I feel like we've had, you know, he, he's one of many that I can name, but we yeah. have key people who, if, if God gives you the resource of, of, you know, the right employees and the right people, you become greater. You become more just because of them. And a lot of people do things alone, but as a kingdom person, we're supposed to do it out of community and out of, out of company, out of, out of, you know, collective. And I, I've always tried to build with a collective of people. That's why when we left our church, we handed over to our very best friends who planted it with me. And there was no, we've had no drama in the handoff. It actually grew it doubled in size, doubled in finances when we left it three years ago, because we handed it off so well, because we were already doing it in covenant community. I really like that you talked about that the kingdom idea because, you know, I was thinking about, I go back to sports. Like I played football when I was younger. This was pre Jesus, but obviously <laughs> like, so like, it was all about me because I was trying to get a scholarship. I played college ball. I did all that. So honestly, instead of playing as a team, I played for me. Yeah. And I played like that even in the business at first for years. And then as, as I came in, the Holy spirit convicted me and started showing like, I just love like even the fact with this conference that we're about to do with my book that's about to release all this stuff. Like I'm a visionary, but I'm not a strategist. And, and the Lord's been able to bring people like obviously my wife and people into my life. What I love about this is somebody, I, I can't take any credit for it. <laughs> and that's what I love about it because there's like, I cannot be prideful about anything because I can't take credit for it because like, yeah, I'm up there speaking or I get to write a book or whatever, but that's not, that's not me. And I think, I think the beauty in that is, is God, those are the instances where God gets the glory. 
when, when you're independent and it goes back to hearing God's voice, if you want a God result, you're going to have to have a God process, which means it can't come by your skill, your talent, your relational capital, your abilities, your finances. Those will all be used in an equation, but it's going to come with God going one step or a lot of steps past what you can produce in your own lifetime. The problem with that is we see very a lot of business kingdom-minded people who stay independent or they don't hear God or they don't trust people. And so they get maybe one step past uh, their, their God-given abilities. Maybe God anoints one step past, but it's not a sustainable lifestyle because the body needs the body. We need the community. We need people who will come where we don't, we're not the most powerful person in our lives all the time, but we share that power with God and with others. And that's a really hard one. And I think the way we're teaching the prophetic and hearing God's voice, we're teaching it from a psychological and relational framework as well as a theological framework. So we're teaching emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence. I had a prophet come to my church one time to one of my prophetic classes and said, I have so much to teach you, you know, and he was like, it's kind of a crazy <laughs> And I said, Hey, this is gonna be a really funny question, but where do you do uh, Christmas every year? Like tell me where you go to Christmas. Cause I don't know if it's married or single or whatever. Cause while I'm single and I go last year, I think I went to a pastor's house. Was it your pastor? No, just the pastor I met. Where'd you go the year before? It's like, I can't remember. I said, well, who, who calls you on your birthday and celebrates it with you? And he's like, why are you asking these questions? And I said, it's important to me. Who calls you on your birthday? And he's like, nobody. And I said, who do you call on their birthday every year consistently or celebrate or go out with? He goes, nobody. I said, you are so relationally toxic. You don't have any grounded relationships or family or connection or community. I don't trust you. I don't like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't trust yeah. you. We're looking to build with people who already build with their families and their friends and their community who are an asset. And that's how the prophetic should come because the prophetic Holy spirit is friend, counselor, confidant, comforter. So the prophetic should feel like people who are carrying that aspect of God. It's not the judgment, the criticism, the pointing out what's wrong. It's actually pointing out who people are and what God has called them to be and who industries are, and who nations are, not who they're not, and the judgment is come. Jesus took all the judgment on the cross. So our job is to help people to understand who they are and their rights in the, in the kingdom. Okay. And that's a way different perspective. Okay, so on time frame, if we get close to time, which we might be, you just tell me or give me a signal, whatever, and we'll cut it off. But I want to, uh, you brought up a really good point. So I know that there's prophets that hear from God, um, but, but, but you talked about like the, it's more criticism, it's judgment, they're bringing stuff out, and, and that's why people, some view of prophetic is, and they're scared of it, like we mentioned earlier. Why, um, so people can understand, why is that not New Testament? Because that's not who Jesus was, and how can they differentiate between it? Let's say somebody goes, and accidentally somebody just, they get a terrible word, and they, and they walk away just devastated, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed. Why don't you talk about that? Because I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah, and I think that comes from an Old Testament mentality where people, in an old um, theological argument that came from people who had a lack of psychology in the midst of their churches, where they, the, the ministers were allowed to run over everybody and without care of love. And love is the primary goal of the New Testament. Yes. The Old Testament, God led through a, a few prophets, priests, kings, anointed people. And if those prophets didn't hear from God for the people, they could get stoned. If they misheard or if they used their own agenda, they could get stoned. Because God only came through one for many, right? Or a couple for many. In the New Testament, we're justified, according to Martin Luther, who nailed his thesis on the door where evangelical Pentecostalism came from, or evangelical ministry came from, uh, Protestantism, I should say. Um, you know, we're justified by our own faith with God, which means we all have our own relationship with God. We don't need a priest or a prophet to lead us. Now, that means that the priests and the prophets are there to help build foundations for us to grow in community and into identity, but they're not there to establish that what God, Jesus has already established for us. We also have repentance in the New Testament. 
If we're justified by our own faith, we're not meant to hear from God for each other as a primary occupation. We're meant to hear from God for ourselves and then encourage other people to hear from God for themselves. And then prophecy can happen in a safe way in that because I don't have to direct you in your life. If I do have a directional word for you, you have to weigh it against your own life. And we see that with Paul when he's about to go to Rome and Agabus the prophet comes and says, don't go to Rome. They're going to put you in prison. This is how it will happen. And Paul literally looked at him and said, I have to go to Rome. That's where God's told me to go. Yeah. That's huge because in the Old Testament, that would have been a conflict. And the New Testament, it was all okay because Paul was justified by his own faith. Agabus was never not called a prophet. Again, he was always a prophet from that point on. But it showed a different model of how prophecy was supposed to work. We each already have our own relationship to the Holy Spirit. So we each hear from God. Now, the second thing is that uh, it says in John 3, 16, 17, you know, God sends his son. And Jesus did not come to condemn the world or convict the world of sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So we're actually supposed to trust the Holy Spirit to bring conviction And even there's scriptures like Paul says, the kindness of God leads people to repentance. These kinds of scriptures where the goal of prophecy is not to bring judgment, conviction, condemnation, but the goal of prophecy is Revelation 19. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And the testimony of Jesus is Jesus showing John the bride of Christ in a completed form way before it happens. So he shows John what we're supposed to look like and what he originally planned us to look like. And that's prophetic vision is that when we look at industries and people, we're supposed to see God's original intention. So does that mean that we don't ever hear something that's negative? No, because I've heard many things that are negative, but we can discern things and hear things, but we have to have a full conversation with God about those things. Like I heard, I had a friend and I, I heard the Lord show me that he was struggling with pornography and that he was about to have an affair. I said, what do you want me to do with this father? The old child, I mean, the old school prophets of our generation would say, <laughs> I'm going to go to him, you have pornography, you're having a fear. And it would destroy his life, it would level him. Because that wouldn't cause him to turn to God, it would make him feel even worse and more judgment. So I began to pray for him. We're in relationship. And so at one point we're at a men's meeting and, and we were sitting next to each other and he said, you know, they said, pray for each other. I said, what do you want me to pray for? And he goes, I'm just going to be really honest. I have severe pornography in my life right now. Just, I, I, my marriage is a mess. I'm like, I'm so devastated. I said, you know, I've been praying for you. I think it was two months at that time. I've been praying for you for like two months. I saw this in your life. I've been really praying for you. And he goes, you've been praying for me? Like he felt so loved by God. Yeah. Like God showed somebody and you haven't, I mean, the whole time you've been my friend, you didn't pull away from me. You love me. I was like, God loves you. He, he wanted me to pray because he loves your marriage. And he doesn't want, I think this comes from your father's generational line, this lust thing. So we prayed into it. He gets into therapy. God saves his marriage. But it didn't come because I brought a condemning or convicting word. It came because I was an intercessor and his friend. So when he could tell me, when he felt safe enough to bring it out, he was able to manifest a different result because of that. So it's all about love. If we're following love, if that, if 1 Corinthians 14, follow love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire prophecy. If we're following love, prophecy is for the sake of God's story of love happening. Now, love has two sides. It has the ooey-gooey side and also has the hard side. My daughter cries. I don't want to go to school today. Well, love is to send her to school. That's way different than saying, because Las Vegas is the city of sin, it's going to be destroyed. That is not a New Testament uh, prophet word. That's God's never in the, in the whole history of the New Testament since Jesus is resurrected. There's never been a time that you can look at judgment prophecy and the fruit of it leading to massive salvations. It's just never happened. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So Sean, one thing I want to, as we start to wrap up, obviously the point of this, I want to talk about the two conferences, mainly the symposium coming up. I'm just going to list off a list of names again. So the listeners kind of understand, like, this is a big event. I'm really excited about going. We're going to be doing some behind the scene interviews, but it's you, your wife, um, Chris Valentin, John Brevere. I love John Brevere, by the way. I've been listening to that for 20 years, man. 
He wrote a book on honor that literally changed my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ten years ago. That was radical. Uh, Jesus Culture, Upper Room. Uh, I'm excited. Bob Hassan's going to be there. His wife. I hear his wife's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Several people. They're business people, for those of you who don't know. They're business. Amazing um, business owners. Uh, Lance Wallnow. So out of all this, there's a lot of people. I, I know you're excited for all of them. Obviously, you wouldn't have them all coming if you weren't. What are some highlights for you that you're kind of excited about that some of these key people are bringing? I'm going to be like interviewing Cindy Jacobs about some of her prophetic testimonies to um, world leaders. And I think it's really exciting because she doesn't always talk about those in preaching, but like when you pull it out of her, like I have a relationship with her, so to pull out some of those stories publicly to where people, it gives people courage that they can hear from God for nations too. Lance Wallnow, I want to talk to him about um, carrying this prophetic word over Trump and how hard and good that's been because he's, it looks like if you're not for Trump, then it looks like he's soccer mom and Trump, but he has had a prophetic mandate to do it. If you're for Trump, then you're probably excited about it. But if you're not for Trump, it's kind of a weird, like how do prophetic people carry those things? I am Bob and Lauren Hassan. I'm excited about their messages on business. Bob wrote the book, uh, Business of Honor with Danny Silk. And it's just a life-changing book for business leaders if you've never read it. And hearing Bob speak, uh, actually Lauren is one of the most profoundly prophetic speakers to influencers that I know. Like she leads an influencer group in San Diego where, I mean, the mayor's been involved, like top political leaders, top church leaders. And she's helped to lead a conversation in, in San Diego that's changed the city, really, honestly. Wow. And so I like to hear her. She's spoken at some of our other events and it's been profound. She's kind of like one of those stealth missiles. You don't know who she is until she hits. <laughs> and then Bishop Joseph Garlington, who's one of my favorite human beings in the world, he carries something that's so new wineskin in the midst of being around since the old regime. And he carries something with, as a theologian, as a prophet, and as a musician, that I think his voice like is, has been underestimated by this current generation of the last 10 years. And he's like he's in his 70s. And, and he when he speaks, excuse me, literally, I feel like it, it, it res resonates in the deepest parts of you and can can change your opinion in a second over certain yeah. things that you're like, eh, if you're jaded or confused about something, he brings such deep hope theologically, but also spiritually. So all of them, I mean, all of them are excited about it. the worship teams. I mean, are just like, they're just to die for. They're going to be amazing. Like I, I love worship so much. So for me, that'll be one of my favorite parts is just seeing the dance and the worship and that, you know, he's a comedian. Who? A comedian named Cammy. She's, She's been a comedy writer in Hollywood for nine years, and she she packs out the comedy warehouse and the comedy storehouse, these kinds of places, the comedy clubs. She's a stand-up comedian, but also was in the Groundlings for, I mean, she still is in that for eight or nine years. And she does, she's moved over to the faith-based arena too, and she's hysterical. She's so much fun. Cammy Burkell. Okay. That's exciting. Well, can't wait to check it out, man. So, all right. So, Sean, uh, tell us one more time. Give us the dates and uh, tell everybody where they can go check out the conference, get the tickets, the whole nine caboodle. It's May 30th through June 1st, and it's uh, at the Verizon Theater, which is in Grand Prairie, Texas, right outside of Dallas, close to the airport. And uh, and it's it's just going to be a phenomenal event Thursday night all the way through Saturday night. There's food trucks there so people can just stay all day and eat. And then uh, there's hotels really close by, which is great. But it's going to be beautiful. And then a month later, we're with you, and we're doing a day with you. It's going to be really, really fun. We've been doing these one days or one nights all across the country. This year, we focused on America. So we're, we're, we'll be doing 27 altogether or something like that. And we're so excited about being with you just because of our friendship and just what you've been building in your region. But I know that God's going to come in a big way. I just know we've, we've had these moments in regions where God 
has been doing a stunning eye-opening experience together with people who are coming in. It's like we're packing out anywhere from eight, 800 to 1,700 people everywhere we go. Almost everything gets sold out where we go uh, because people are just hungry for this conversation. Yeah. They're hungry for, I need impartation on how to hear God's voice. I want to go deeper. And I'm helping to lead that conversation. But let me tell you, I feel like a baby in it in this context that I feel like so much more is about to happen over the next 10 years that we'll feel like the foundation we're walking in now is like baby stuff 10 years from now. We'll look back and go, wow, that was just the beginning. So I feel mature, but I feel like mature in the midst of toddlers, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. We're all going to grow a whole lot. So I'm excited. So listeners, just so you guys know, there's that one. And then July, for those of you who are local, or if you miss Sean's, we're going to be doing it uh, July 28th at the uh, Globe News Center in Amarillo. Uh, it's going to be from 1 to 10. Uh, Bob, Michael McIntyre, myself, Christy, Austin, Sean, uh, we'll all be talking about, I'll be releasing my new book. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. You know what? You know why I'm excited about that, Sean, is because I couldn't have done it without everybody's help. I'm just not, uh, I'm just too, I'm like, uh, you know, the, the TV show or the kid show, it's all Hemi. And he's like, yeah. like all over like that. <laughs> and I have a really hard time focusing. So I have all these people around me that help me stay focused. And, awesome. uh, but I'm excited though, because God brought like, obviously you're part of the book and Bob and I have all these people that have written into the book and it brings such a different dynamic of hearing God and releasing those words and speaking over our life. I'm just excited about it because it's, it was such a God collective uh, moment um, yeah. be that's why I'm excited so well we should do a whole show I'll interview you on your book so your listeners could really hear it okay <laughs> I'd love to you know, I'll do cool. my podcast too we could just use it for both of us that, well you know I was going to ask you is maybe when you come to um, I don't know who you're interviewing or what we're doing when you come to Amarillo but maybe you could do one of your things there I don't know if you do that or not but we'll figure it out yeah I do we do yeah we do our exploring the prophetic everywhere we should do yours and we can use it for both of our podcasts. So your listeners and my listeners can hear, which would be amazing. Yay. Yes, Lord. Well, Come thank on. you so much. Seriously, yeah. thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, uh, Sean, I'm going to give you, I always give last word to my guests. So you get last word for anything you want to say to whoever. I want to say, I hope everyone who's listening, some of you are new to what we're talking about. Some of you have been in it for a while. But I want to encourage you to be the hungriest you've ever been for God in your life. And how do you develop that hunger? Is you ask huge questions and you look for big perspectives and everywhere that you feel stuck or that feels like, I mean, I've had times when someone will tell me, you're going to have the biggest breakthrough in your life soon. And my heart doesn't line up with it. Or you're like, I don't feel it. So I work myself out of being stuck, whether you need therapy, you need life coaching, you need more church, you need more worship, you need more devotional time, whatever you need, get out of it, get over, overcome because you, you need to overcome from everything you can. So you can overcome into what God has for you. So be as hungry as you can because so much is changing in the world right now. And we need you in your position and who you are. We need, we need your love to shine. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Roar Nation, I'm just going to leave it at that because that was freaking awesome. God loves you and wants to do amazing things through your life. So remember, be real, be authentic, be you. God bless and come to both conferences and get filled and radically changed. Love you all. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. 
We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.